For day four of Denver Broncos training camp, Russell Wilson was efficient in the quick passing game, but why is it so hard to evaluate everything right now coming out of Broncos camp? We'll dive deeper that. Plus, Frank Clark says the Broncos Chiefs is not a rivalry. We agree with him, and we'll share why on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Every single day, make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast for daily Broncos news, content, coverage, analysis, and more every single day, all year long. Day four of Broncos camp in the books on Saturday for the NFL's back together weekend. And the Broncos offense was cooking from an efficiency standpoint in the quick passing game, mainly Russell Wilson. But why is it so hard to gauge what's going on at Broncos camp at this point? Before the pads come on, we'll dive deep into that on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Sarah, my friend, this is you know this part of training camp where the pads are yet to come on, and obviously that's coming up here very shortly. It's interesting because you see different takes from different outlets, different people, and even fans in attendance. But the the real deeper part about this whole part of pro- the practice time before you throw the pads on is a lot of these things are actually really hard to evaluate. What's going on with practice? How is the quarterback looking? What are what is the team doing around these guys to to put them in a position? And I think there's a lot of uh, I'd say misconceptions going out there right now about Russell Wilson. Uh, let's dive deep into this on today's show because we had a lot to break down. Some observations as well from Broncos camp day. Number four. Yeah, a lot of different reports coming out of, obviously, we're discussing Saturday's practice, but after Friday's practice, there was a lot of people in the media talking about Russ out there using his legs at Friday's practice and looking pretty good doing so, looking fresh out there. And then there were some others who were saying, man, this was a, a pretty bad day from Russell Wilson. He was missing easy throws, doing this, that, and the other Cody, for me, as we heard on Saturday, Sean Payton met the media. He talked about it. These practices have been scripted for a while now that the Broncos have had up until he said through that first padded practice. So the Broncos will be off on Sunday. They'll be plotting the next week or so of practices. And he said he's already talked with Sean McVay about a few things as well. But They've had these things scripted, so it's not it's not that they're you know every single play the the players are told to do exactly the you know for months they've been told to do something on a specific play, but it is a scripted practice. It's 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 been planned for a while now, so I don't know. I guess I don't know exactly. I know you've been out there seeing Russell, seeing him make the throws, seeing him execute this new offense for him at least, and. Now that it's training camp, the pressure is on a little bit more. Obviously, the media restrictions were a bit different during OTAs. What's been your perception, though, of him as a passer? We we heard he did well as a runner on Friday, but especially both Friday and Saturday. What are you seeing from him as a passer as far as should Broncos fans be concerned about those who are out there saying he's looked bad? Yeah, I don't think there's any reason to be concerned. I haven't seen anything from Russ that gives me any pause at all. And and look, it kind of goes back to the point, Sarah, you nailed it in terms of script. Like 
I, I think some people don't understand, you know, it, this is a different training camp than what the Broncos have had in quite some time. A lot of the focus is getting the starters as many reps as possible, right? But when the Broncos go to their seven-on-seven period, the first team unit and the guys who work and rotate in with the first team, there's a set number of plays that these guys have, then they're out. It goes to the second team unit. And then that same thing uh, applies for them there. And then the third string unit, they come in like, and then after that, bang, that period's done. They go to the next period. It's not like, hey, we're sitting here in seven on seven and we're getting 25 reps with the first team. That's simply not the case here. It's quick, quick, quick. And they want to go through and they want to piece together. And really the key for Sean Payton, as he has said, is making sure that everybody just knows what they're doing when they get out there, right? It's it's going things a little bit faster. OTAs was the teaching, the install period. There's still some of that here, but now it's, hey, we're accelerating our speed and our tempo here to do it. So I think that if we are micromanaging, and look, a lot of this comes in seven on seven. If we're micromanaging every single snap and seven on seven, we need to address something here seven on seven is valuable for offenses for quarterbacks and skill players to work on their timing and to work on their route concepts aside from that it's really hard to evaluate how meaningful it really is because there is no rush there is no pressure there is no blitzing it's just you have your your dbs your corners and your safeties and your linebackers dropping back to spots right and it's a totally different dynamic so I think Russell Wilson has been fine in terms of the emphasis here. It's not like Sean Payton is saying, hey, let's just go play action and let's see how many deep shots we can dial up in practice. A lot of the passing concepts we've seen, and a lot of the offensive emphasis there, it has mainly been quick passing emphasis. It's getting the snap, one, two, three, throw. It's it's getting the ball out of your hands quickly, not only just for Russell Wilson, but for every other quarterback. And there's going to be some mistakes here and there. Obviously, Jarrett Stidham threw an interception to Fayon Hicks on Saturday's practice on a pass intended for Montreal, Washington. But for the most part, Russ has been fine. And I also think if people were worried about Friday's practice, no Mike McGlinchey, no Garrett Bowles there. And you know, you're getting a simulated rush from Randy Gregory, Zach Allen, Frank Clark, and all these other guys. That's where Russ really stepped up into the pocket and maneuvered and used his legs, as we mentioned. So I think that we have to kind of not invest too much in what we see in seven on seven. The real evaluation will come when the pads come on, which will be on Monday. But I think that's where we really see Sean Payton coming in. He believes, and we're going to dive deeper into this, running the football effectively. But hey, in the passing game, it's, hey, let's get yards. Let's get four to five yards of pop, and that's going to put us in a good situation. That's all about balance. I know we live in a world that we live in a time where Let's take a deep shot. Like if you play Madden, how many times do people just run streaks, run verticals, and just try to throw it deep? It doesn't work that way in the NFL. And honestly, the Broncos, you look up the stats, they were really good in that area last year, which is kind of crazy to think about how bad the offense was overall, but they were good at taking those shot plays. It just so happened that they couldn't put anything together. Like you said, those easier things more consistently. And so it sounds to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds to me from the quarterback perspective, and maybe especially with Russell Wilson, like the first couple of days of camp with no pads on, they're really working with him on, hey, let's make uh, as quick a decision as possible. Because last year, obviously, we held on to the ball too long. We didn't make quick decisions. And we took over 60 sacks as a result of that. So it wasn't just that the offensive line was bad. They, of course, weren't very good most of last season, especially on the interior offensive line. The Broncos did struggle there. But look, Making quicker decisions is certainly something that I think it, you could say definitely the quarterbacks need to improve upon this year for the Denver Broncos. And Russell Wilson is, you know, he, he's kind of exhibit A right now. Everybody's looking to him to 
go out there. And like you said, Cody, it's it, everybody wants to see those deep shots. Everybody wants yeah. to see a dominant day at practice every single day. Everybody wants him to complete every single pass. That's what we, we talked about that on this show earlier in the off season. Like once we get to training camp, what's going to happen? Every single throw is going to be dissected. Every move Russell Wilson makes is going to be put under a magnifying glass. Here we are. We can't be surprised by it. it. We can only hope that the majority of people like you, Cody, that are out there covering practice, keep a level head in the analysis. I think it's important. You see a lot of hot takes. We we do live in instant gratification society in a sense. Hey, I need Russ to throw deep balls. I need to throw accurate. Like Even if he did, there's things that we can't report on in terms of what Russ did or what type of route was run or, you know, how did he do that? Like there are certain things that we are limited on, but overall, like I said, Broncos country, there's nothing that I've seen so far that says, Hey, Brock, you Broncos fans should be worried about Russell Wilson. I thought he was very efficient on the day in practice here on Saturday and seven on seven. And in a little bit of the group period, like he's got some zip on his throws because he fired in a couple of passes, one to Tim Patrick and then one to Cortland Sutton, who had a terrific tiptoe on the end on the sideline to get both feet in. But he threw with some heat in Saturday's practice. So that was a good sign to see. There are some other Broncos observations that we'll get to on today's episode of the show as well. In terms of the Broncos linebackers looking good during some of the seven on seven stuff. How does that look? What about Drew Sanders and also another rookie in Riley Moss? Those are things that you're going to get on today's episode. Locked on Broncos. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long and whether you're prepping for a draft or you're scouting the waiver wire every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster so with draft prep underway for the upcoming season let's take a look and let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week taking a look at Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields. When the top tier of quarterbacks are off the board in fantasy football drafts in 2023, there's another line of luxury passers and runners who are guaranteed to fit your starting lineups every week. And one of them is the Bears, Justin Fields, who started rolling out of the garage last season and is bound to jump into the fast lane this upcoming season. This time, on top of his huge rushing total, Fields can deliver improved stats in the air with the addition of DJ Moore now leading Chicago's wide receiver unit. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors, they have it. And they'll make sure that it's the right fit for your vehicle because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with eBay Guaranteed Fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We've got rookies standing out. We've got young pass rushers stepping up and a kicking competition. And 
Frank Clark said, what about the Broncos and Chiefs rivalry, Cody? We're going to talk about all of that stuff that happened at, you know, Saturday's training camp practice for the Denver Broncos. But before we do, we always want to stop and take a second to thank every single one of you that listens to Locked On Broncos every single day, wherever and however you get your podcast free and available on all platforms, as well as on YouTube, where you can watch Cody and I and listen to us there. And so thank you so much for making us part of your day every single day, especially to the everydayers out there. Huge shout out to you for doing that and listening and being part of the conversation, right? Jumping into the comment section, engaging on Twitter, talking about this training camp drama with us because we've had plenty of it early on, haven't we, Cody? From quarterback discussion to now Frank Clark stirring the pot a little bit, but let's get into some of those other observations first from training camp. What did you see from maybe some of these rookies out there showing out and playing well to start off camp? Well, Sarah, let's take a look at rookies that Broncos country are very invested in, and that is Riley Moss and Drew Sanders. Now, let's talk about Drew Sanders first, because part of he and the linebacker core on Saturday, I thought they had a pretty good day in terms of the quick passing game as well. We talk about the offense thriving a little bit, Russell Wilson delivering some throws. Well, some of the other units in terms of quarterbacks throwing Jarrett Stidham, Ben DiNucci, they dealt with some problems in a sense because, hey, there's Drew Sanders out there covering Greg Dulcich, having a terrific play, knocking a football away, being tightly contested in coverage. And then Justin Sternod, one of the key special teams players for them last year, also had a key pass breakup in coverage against Greg Dulcich. So, hey, linebackers, they're, I think they're benefiting a lot in this new defensive scheme a little bit. I think they get really good coaching there. And it helps when you have, I think, depth. And right now that's one thing that stands out to me. They have depth across the board with that position. Now talking about Riley Moss here a little bit, I, I think that the expectation for a lot of fans, is, Hey, he's going to come in. He's going to start right away opposite of Patrick. Stratton. That's not the case. And we'll highlight that Damari Mathis has shown tremendous strides, tremendous growth so far here in year two of Broncos camp. But Riley Moss, I think he and Drew Sanders, these two guys are going to be crucial for the success of Denver special teams units. Riley Moss, for example, on Saturday during one of the punt sessions, lined up as a gunner and for example he get gets downfield takes good angles knows how to what angle he's going to take to approach the outside hip or the inside hip of returner based on wherever the coverage help is at he did a really good job there so that's something i think for fans to keep an eye on in the preseason here overall and to really touch on something else before we dive into frank clark's spicy comments which he's got some valid points to it the kicking competition i think everybody always likes an update in that department sarah both kickers elliot fry brett maher didn't miss a kick for the second consecutive day. I think they're they're kicking from good distance. And the one thing, too, is we know Brett Maher has a big leg. You could definitely see that as he's kicking field goals from 40 to 50 yards. But Elliott Fry is also matching him as well. Maybe not as much power in the leg in Fry as you do have with Maher, but he's still getting the ball through the upright. So I'm very curious to see how this competition goes specifically. But... I think we really have to expand here on probably one of the important additions of the offseason late for the Broncos here. We got to meet Frank Clark for the first time in terms of speaking to him, hearing from him in the media, why he chose to come to Denver. There's a lot of love for him and Sean Payton. But I also think one of the Spicer things that he had said was asked about the rivalry between the Chiefs and the, the Broncos here. And he basically said, like, it's not a rivalry. And here is exactly what he said. So we don't mince any words, but. I think he had a great perspective. Here's what he had to say. I wouldn't call it a rivalry, and the rivalry is, is competitive, true or false. Um, and I'm on the Broncos now, and I've been on the other side. You know what I mean? And we didn't call it a rivalry then. Um, 
I'm with the Broncos now. Until we become competitive enough, we have to beat the team. We have to win our division. We have to do a few things, not just about the Chiefs. Um, it's, it's things we have to do here. We got to get our own ball together here in order for us to go out there and compete for us to become one of those factions. Well, Cody, it's really hard for me to disagree with what Frank Clark is saying there. I mean, the Chiefs just flat out haven't really respected the Broncos. I mean, I know they, they've beaten the Broncos, so they've obviously prepared very well for these games. They haven't overlooked the Broncos necessarily. The Broncos have given them some good games, but 15 straight wins against a single opponent. I mean, how how are you supposed to consider that a rivalry? I mean, historically, yes, it, uh, it's an AFC West rivalry. It's an old AFL rivalry, I guess you could say, going way back. I, th- these two teams have been playing against each other forever, but it, it really is only a rivalry if it's going back and forth. And so I guess, you know, to that, I guess, could we say that it wasn't really a rivalry between the Bengals and the Chiefs until last year's AFC championship game? I mean, if you want to get technical, Frank, we can talk like that. But I kind of agree with him, Cody. It's really hard to say this has been much of a it, it hasn't certainly been uh, it's been one sided, I guess, if, if you want to put it that way. And I, I just think back to remember Travis Kelsey after one of those recent wins that the Chiefs had over the Broncos when he called the Broncos the Raiders. He had a little slip of a tongue. It just indicated to me just how little this Chiefs team thinks of the Denver Broncos just in general. They don't even care. to. It's like, I don't even care who we just played one of those AFC West teams. We roll over all these scrubs, basically. And he didn't even care that. I mean, he was like, you know, the Raiders. Oh, oh, sorry. I mean, the that's the mentality the Chiefs have had towards the Broncos in recent years. And it's just a it's a disrespect that you can't really do anything about until you start winning. And hopefully Frank can be part of turning things around for the Broncos. It's almost like in the first Fast and the Furious movie where Vin Diesel and obviously you know Paul Walker's character, it's that first race that they have. He comes up and he's, he's like, what are you smiling? I was like, dude, I almost had you. He's like, you, you almost had me. You never even had your car. But yeah. it, that's where the Broncos have been lately, right? Because Denver, they were down 27 nothing last year. They came back. They lost in a one-score game. Same thing in Arrowhead. you got to find a way to win these games. But I also like how Frank Clark really said it's not – not just about what you know Denver and the Chiefs it's about taking care of our own ball making sure that we can do the things we need to compete for the division things like that so I think that Frank Clark was spot on there he also took some time to share his thoughts about Russell Wilson who he's played for you know played with previously when he was a member of the Seattle Seahawks and obviously now reuniting with him as a member of the Denver Broncos here's what Clark had to say about Russ mentality is still dangerous you know what I'm saying he's still dangerous like don't get it twisted at the end of the day you know Players are going to age. You know, the skill skill is going to fall back sometimes. I'm not saying that's happening to Russ. I'm not saying that's happening to nobody who gets older with age. I'm just saying you got to understand, Russ is a veteran. He's a, he's a guy who's won on multiple levels. Um, he's been a part of successful teams. He's been a part of teams that's not successful. I've, I've been a part of – I was part of Seahawks teams that when we were successful, I was a part of teams where we didn't make the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? But it was the same Russ. So don't think rush changes. Don't think, you know, um, uh, a few years go by, a bad season is going to shake a guy. No, bro. We start fresh every year. Every summer is a fresh start. He's still dangerous, right? I mean, that's what the Broncos are hoping for this year. And, of course, Frank Clark knows Russell Wilson very well, having played together in Seattle for a number of years. And he talked about that, like you said. And he talked about a lot of different things. He came just short of saying that Russell Wilson had declined physically a little bit. And he said it happens to all old guys, older players, or players as they get older. You know, you have that physical decline. And then he's like, I'm not saying Russell has, you know, declined physically. 
he caught himself on on that there. But really, Frank Clark understands coming to Denver. It was more than just about being wanted by a team, right? And of course, all these guys, all these players that sign as free agents, especially guys like Frank Clark, who signed late in the process, they want to be wanted. But I think knowing that he's going to a place where he knows the quarterback, he knows Russell Wilson, he knows what Russell Wilson is capable of, that had to factor in. There's certainly more than just the Denver Broncos that were interested in signing Frank Clark. And at this point in his career, he's obviously not ring chasing, but he did take on a pretty big challenge coming to Denver, didn't he? I mean, they were the laughing stock of the NFL last year. We talked about that. Russell Wilson coming off his worst season, but he said it. They had some good seasons and some bad seasons while they were together in Seattle. And Russ was the same guy through it all. We saw that when Russ met the media on Friday as well, Cody. And I feel like Frank Clark just kind of knows. And so hopefully, again, hopefully he's able to be part of another one of those good seasons with Russell Wilson now that they're teammates in Denver. That's the hope, too. And kind of going back to the rivalry piece, I mean, there was a... a a, a very, very big stretch where the Broncos dominated everybody in AFC West. Obviously, for the, the amount of division titles, they won straight back to back to back to back. And then now Kansas City's really been on top and, and Denver's got to find a way to knock them off. But they also have to deal with Justin Herbert. They have to deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. Denver has to find a way to win games and compete inside that division. So it's a big picture thinking here from Frank Clark and Broncos country. We also heard from Sean Payton on some big picture stuff as it pertains to the roster and maybe a roster lock here at a position that Payton believes is necessary for the team to have success. We'll dive deep on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Real quick, make sure you go check out the Lockdown NFL podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on what's going on around the National Football League, the local experts on the biggest stories around training camp. Football is almost back. Preseason games here in about a week, week and a half. We're excited for it. Lockdown NFL has you covered every single day, all year long. Broncos head coach Sean Payton gave a little bit of an insight into what he wants for the DNA of his football team in order for them to have success. And he gave some good reviews about a player who right now seems like an absolute roster lock based on how Payton has talked about him. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Once again, make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss out on what's going on with this team every single day, all year long. I'm boots on the ground. I'm there every day in practice trying to give as, as much thought as I can, as much as we're allowed to share here on the show where you can get Sarah's reaction, my reaction, and also you can be involved in the show as well. But Sean Payton talking about this team and, you know, a lot of the focus has really been on, can Sean Payton turn Russell Wilson around? What is Sean Payton going to do to put Russell Wilson in a position to succeed? He made a really great point about that by saying you have to have a very good running game. And if you have a good defense, you have a good running game. It makes everything else easier. Here's what Sean Payton had to say about the identity and what he wants or this Broncos offense in particular? It's It's got to be part of our DNA, and we felt that way in New Orleans as well. I think, you know, the the two greatest allies for good quarterback play are a running game and, and good defense. Um, I think it's a tough position to play if you're not running the ball well, and, and then obviously it becomes tougher if, if you're not stopping anyone. So um, that, that's going to be important to... To what we do, and 
as long as I'm here. I mean, I just think it's that important to winning in our league. Well, what it needs to be is exactly what Sean Payton said. It needs to be to the point to where Russell Wilson doesn't have to carry the team on his back. I think he felt the pressure last year of having to be the savior of the Denver Broncos, right? He he came in. Everybody's thinking, all right, 2012 Peyton Manning all over again, baby. Let's ride. Let's roll. And everybody bought into this idea that you can insert QB because, well, Quite frankly, we talked a lot about that, didn't we? In the in the media and people outside of Denver media kind of saying the Broncos may be a quarterback away. George Payton told us this is a sleeping giant. So you go get the star quarterback. And of course, everybody's going to think it's all going to work out. But I think that affected and impacted Russ too much to the point to where I wasn't in the locker room, Cody. I wasn't part of the team. I know everybody's pulling their own weight, but Look, you got the impression from the outside looking in that everybody assumed Russ was going to be the one to be the tide to raise all boats. I used that analogy a ton last offseason, and I thought so. I thought he was going to be the guy. But, man, it's so much more than just one guy. Peyton Manning, he's a rare breed at the position to where, yes, he was the the judge, jury, the executioner, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback, the, the guy scouting practice squad linebackers. He was doing all of that, yes, but that's not what everybody, not everybody can do that. Russell Wilson needs this infrastructure, just like most quarterbacks. Not Most quarterbacks are not Peyton Manning. We all need to understand this. Russ needs a good running game. Russ needs a good defense. All great quarterbacks need a great supporting cast. Now that he has it, I think Sean Payton's absolutely right. Give him what he needs. Let's see what he can do. Well, and another thing as well, in terms of getting the run game going, remember last year or even a couple years ago, Denver didn't really have anybody at the tight end position that was really a, a good blocker, big, physical, athletic in a sense because, hey, you're relying on Alberto, and, and last year you're relying on Greg Dosich. These are your pass catchers. Well, minus Alberto, Alberto was phased out of the entire offense by Nathaniel Hackett, but Denver hasn't had that to the point where they had to use extra offensive linemen, right? And look, they tried to do that with Eric Tomlinson and, and bring in some extra help there, but he, Sean Payton talked about specifically Chris Manhurts, who he is – had former familiarity with and in terms of that. And and even going back to the story about how he found out about Chris Manhurts, his background and how he emerged into this very, very physical, really good player who at first Sean Payton had a different vision for initially when they brought him in, in new Orleans, unfortunately they lost him to the practice squad of another team. And then he signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's what he had to say about Chris Manhurts. And I kind of get a little bit of vibe here. He seems like a roster lock from what Peyton says. You can have a lot of things going for you relative to running the football, but you end up playing jumbo tackles maybe if you don't have a blocking tight end. And he just does a lot of those things well. And uh, and you know exactly what you're getting from him, which, which allows you to game plan easier on Wednesday and Thursday nights. Certainly feels like a roster lock to me, Cody, and kind of interesting the story about Chris Manhurts going back to him being a former basketball player and college turned NFL player. You typically hear about guys like Jimmy Graham, of course, with Sean Payton being connected to him with the Saints, but Antonio Gates, even a guy like Julius Thomas for the Denver Broncos, right? Those guys are great pass catchers don't often hear about former basketball guys becoming great blocking tight ends in the NFL, but Sean Payton said he's exactly that. He's one of the top, I I think he said over the last five years, he's got to be one of the best run blocking tight ends in the entire league. That's why the Broncos gave him a two-year deal. That's why he gives off the vibes. 
he could be a roster lock at this point. I would venture to say, Cody, he very much is exactly that because Sean Payton said this is the kind of guy that on Wednesday, Thursday, you can rest easy at night as a coach knowing that you've got somebody like this on your roster. So glowing remarks about a very unheralded player who's going to do so much more than will actually show up in the box score this season. I envision right now when Denver plays teams with really good pass rushers, right? when they play the Bills and Von Miller, they play in division. They play the Chargers with Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. If both those guys are healthy, they're dangerous. Max Crosby. I, I do see a situation where it's like, oh, hey, we can't just let this guy have one-on-ones because he's too talented of a player. We're going to throw Chris Manhurts there to chip him next to Mike McGlinchey or Garrett Bulls. If that means that Russell Wilson has a little bit more time to deliver and throw, or we can keep him clean in the pocket because ideally there's times where a quarterback throws the ball. If you watch the Netflix series quarterback, how many times did these quarterbacks throw the ball? One second passes, one and a half, two seconds, bang, they take a shot. You need to protect your quarterback no matter what, because there is some of that hitting after a throw that never usually gets called unless it's very egregious and demonstrably late going forward. So I like Chris Manhurts, and, and I think so far what we've seen in training camp has not really been involved much in the passing game. But when you talk about protection, you talk about trying to establish the run. Sarah, the pads come on next week. To me, this is exactly what I'm going to be looking for going into next week here at Broncos camp. Yeah, I can't wait, Cody. I really can. And I know a lot of our listeners, all of our listeners here on Locked On Broncos can't wait for that. Can't wait to hear what what changes for these guys. We, we hear a lot about like when the preseason games start and the lights come on, how different it can be for some of these players. The same type of thing can happen when the pads come on as well. So I'm excited for every single one of these guys, especially the position groups that need to be more physical to make an impression. Guys in the trenches, guys coming off the edges, pass rushers, running backs. It's going to be a lot of fun now as we get to Sean Payton's training camp has already been very intense, very you know pointed, scripted, as we've said for months now. They've had these practices scripted. Now we're getting to the point where some contact is going to come into play 11 on 11, getting these guys to be more physical and see how that causes them to step up as they make their case for the roster. Broncos Country, share us your thoughts on Saturday's practice. If you were in attendance, what did you see? What did you think as well? I've also met a couple of Broncos fans out there. It was great being able to do that. I'll be out there for the rest of the remainder practice of the practices that are going to be open to the public. So come say hi. would love to meet you as well. But Monday is a big day for the Broncos. The pads come on. The evaluation will be much more meaningful. And on Monday's episode, Locked on Broncos, early in the morning before practice even begins, you can get a brand new episode of the shows we detail who to watch for specifically on the defensive line. There's some names that we say Broncos country. You must pay attention to these two names. We'll dive deeper to that into Monday's brand new episode locked on Broncos.